Would you or anyone you know be interested in the best of what we've learned from over 350 expert interviews? Business expert interviews just like this one you're about to listen to. Plus, I'll share what we discovered spending $50,000 to go through over 100 years of business success research. Thousands of evidence-based scientific studies on what really works. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info on how, in 90 days or less, you can get eight better business habits or get three times your money back. That's 90 days to eight types of better business, fitness, and mindset habits. These will determine who survives and thrives in these unusual times and who doesn't. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. You'll discover our new business coaching and accountability program for business, fitness, and mindset all in one. You'll also learn how you can get over $11,336 in free bonuses for only $1. Go to bestbusinesscoach.ca for more info. That's bestbusinesscoach.ca, like Canada or California. See you there. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multi-millionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined with Anmol Singh, a trader, entrepreneur, and explorer. Anmol started trading during his early college years without much luck. After a year or so, he discovered a pattern which allowed him to go from zero to making a positive income as a trader. Today, Amol has generated over seven figures for him and his investors in trading wins and continues to remain a stock and forex trader. He is also an avid real estate investor with a large portfolio and has funded two other tech-based companies. Today, Amol spends most of his day managing funds and working with students of LiveTraders.com, which he co-founded in 2014. I've asked him to join us here today to help those of us curious about trading in Forex as a form of investment get started and avoid the common pitfalls. So, Amol, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate your time and you being here. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Mm, thank you. And um, I kind of covered a bit of your background there, but I know it's kind of a, like a black box. There's people that love trading. There's people that don't love trading. There's people like say, you know, there's movies and stuff that make it seem like the only people that make money are the brokers. And there's a lot of like misinformation out there. And I think that obviously that there's a lot of power in being a trader if you know what you're doing and it can be a valuable income stream. I know myself, I've stayed away from it simply because I haven't understood it. And I just try to stay the things that I know I'm good at. But I know there's a lot of other other people that they do it and they've, they go through trials and tribulations. I've got relatives that I know that I don't know whether they know what they're doing or they're just pulling the slot machine arm because you hear, yay, and then you hear them crying and then, you know, you're not sure what's happening. So again, I appreciate you being here to kind of help really shed some light on this, but can we kind of get back into how you even got started? Like, why did you even trade out of all the options of things you could have done? What even got you interested in trading to, in the first place? Right. I mean, the answer is actually one word, which is uh, money. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was in college 
uh, in my university and uh, we had these meetings where people were discussing about the markets, uh, the FTSE, the NASDAQ, and I had no idea what a NASDAQ was, you know, I didn't even know what that meant. So that got me really curious and I started off by, you know, just reading online, the blogs, uh, websites, uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, watching Jim Cramer on TV, and then uh, starting off there, slowly reading books. And as I read those books, my you know curiosity got better and better, just got more and more that I wanted to uh, learn more. And then what ended up happening was I started a blog, which was an old blog called Live Traders ORG at that time because I couldn't afford the .com. So you know what happened was I used to just publish my thoughts on there, just you know what I'm doing, what I'm thinking, a little research about a particular stock. And, you know, that eventually caught the attention of uh, websites like Yahoo Finance, who basically hired me as like on a freelance basis as a writer for them, where they used to pay, you know, $150 an article. But that was really good for me because at that time I was in university. I was still in college, you know, studying. And $150 an article, heck, I could write five, you know, five in a week. And that's what I really do. I just banged out article after article, just, you know, kept getting that $150. But what ended up happening was... Those articles spread across social media and people started talking about how good the research was or, you know, how much they liked that research. And that's eventually, you know, that's how I got my start initially. Mm. But then what I realized was that, you know, with investing, you know, a good return people hope to make is 8%, 10%. And with the little amount of cash that I had in college, okay, let's assume I made 10%, which is amazing, on a $10,000 account, right? Right. I basically just made a thousand bucks. That that's not enough for you know. For yeah, to live you can't on, live right? off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I realized that investing is not really for me because you're gonna need a lot of money, like billions of dollars, to live off investing. Right. So that's where I got into shorter term trading, and uh, you know, shorter term trading. The journey really started off with uh, my partner, actually now Jared Wesley, who's a partner with me at Live Traders. Um, he used to work for another education firm. And uh, that was a really popular education firm. Uh, so I took a program from him. It cost me six, $7,000 at the time where I took one of his courses, a little mentorship program. And that's how I really uh, learned and uh, got my start. And then the same company that whose course I took hired me on as like a consultant to, you know, manage their trading room, mm, uh, trade so with well. them. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Because they gave me a certain amount of capital to trade. So they started me off with $50,000 trade. And they had levels. Okay, if you make $100 a week, you go up to level two, you're going to get more money. And they had all the way to level 10, you know, and level 10, you're going to get, you know, $10 million to trade. So I spoke to the owner of the company and, um, you know, he basically had out of 5,000 students, only seven or eight of them who ever made it past level five. Hmm. And and uh, I was able to get to level seven in about six months, <laughs> you know, right. which was pretty quick. Right. So that's when he hired me on as a consultant to train the other guys on how to do the same. That's how I eventually got started. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, you know, what you said there is part of why I've stayed away from it. Because, for example, right now I've got like I've got one client where we're do, we have a we built a funnel. We have a marketing promotion we're doing. We're doing paid ads. We're spending about $60 a sale and in 45 days as a customer. The, the average customer spends $240. And so for the ROI on that is phenomenal compared to 8 or 10%. But I also know that, you know, that trading is a, is there's, I mean, you said short term and then of course there's long term. Like there's, it's just a whole world I don't even know about. But then at the same time, when you make money, unless you're going into real estate, 
or even if you're going into real estate, because that's kind of my thing, marketing campaigns and real estate. This is I'm speaking personally here. But real estate, you've got to like let cash sit for a long period of time to build up because I don't like – I don't like having, because if you don't spend enough, you pay insurance, yada, yada, yada. So it just kind of sits there, and it would be great if you could do something with it. So, um, Right. I mean, people need to you know, determine whether do they want to be an investor, right? As an investor, we basically call this a wealth-building account. So mm-hmm. a wealth-building account is where you're not touching it, you're not taking money out. You're just looking to grow that account into a bigger piece. So that's wealth-building, which is more long-term. Mm-hmm. And then... One we call income producing, which is more shorter term where you're getting in and out. And that could be equivalent to wholesaling or flipping, you know, in, in real right. estate. Right, right. So now, that's income producing. When short term sales, is that more Forex stuff, like currency exchange and everything? Is that more the short term game? No, actually, uh, stocks is what I'm talking about in terms of, uh, you know, short term trading, which is day trading, where you're getting Got in it. a stock and getting out the same day. So for me, a day trade might last 15 minutes. You know, you're using bigger size positions and you're looking to, let's say, a stock goes from $10 to $11, right? Mm-hmm. It moves up a dollar. But if you have a thousand shares of that stock, you just made a thousand dollars. Right, right, right. If you can sell them. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what were some of the biggest challenges for you in the early days when you were kind of getting up and running, when you were first learning and, and going through? And obviously, like now that you've done so much, you kind of, you know, like the market's predictable. You know how to handle a lot of situations. It's There's no emotion in it. It's very... You know, it's very predictable, I guess, is the best way to call it. But when you were first getting started, I mean, there's a lot of pieces you have to wrap your head around, a lot of background info and research and stuff. What were some of the biggest challenges you felt that you faced or that you see others facing? Right. I think the biggest challenge uh, in trading or anything else in general is your own mindset. You know, you have to have – because trading, those days are gone where you, they have traders sitting in front of computers all day pushing buttons. Now it's about statistics. Now it's about probabilities. It's about numbers. So if a number says, all right, you take 10 trades, you're going to win four of them, right? You're going to lose six of them. But on the ones that you win, you're going to make 2,000. The ones that you're going to lose, you're going to lose 1,000. So even by losing 60% of my trades, that can still be profitable. And it's a numbers game. What people don't get is that concept where they are constantly changing their trading every single day. Maybe they lose money one day. Next day, they're like, oh, I've got to try a new approach. You know, I've got to find some new strategy. Then they go try that one. And now maybe that strategy has a losing day. Then they're like, damn it, this doesn't work. I got to go on and find another strategy. And then they just keep jumping from you know one strategy, one course to another or one trading firm to another and never really getting anywhere. What mm-hmm. they have to do is they have to stick through that and let the statistics play out, right? Because if we're taking 10 trades, four of them are going to win, but they're gonna, five of them are going to win, five of them are going to lose. You have to let that odds play out. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Got it. So it's a numbers game and day trading. Is that that sounds kind of high stress? I mean, well, it's day trading. How do you pick the stocks? Because that's uh, wait, that's a really <laughs> that's a loaded question. But I always <laughs> felt my opinion, my what I thought stock is uh, investing in stocks. You like do background on the history and the industry and you know where things are going. And, you know, like when you invest in stock in a company, it's because you know that they're working on this or this is happening. And you kind of just have awareness. But it sounds like to you, you're just kind of watching trends and like you you don't really even know about the company you just are looking at their the the their I don't even know what to call it but just like their the last 30 day trend 60 90 day 12 month trend and you go look this stock keeps going up the last 6 months you know they've doubled in price let's buy it and hold on to it for a month like is you know what i mean is that i'm right I'm, so you know in trading there's two schools of thought one is the fundamental analysis where people are looking at the company you know the management the ceo the company's growth prospect the products 
their balance sheet. And that is more fundamental in, uh, investing. And that is suitable for people who want to hold stocks for more than three years, right? Because you're looking at, you know, the future, what's going to happen. So that's fundamental analysis. And the school of thought that we teach and that we use is technical analysis, which is we don't need to know what the company does. A lot of times I'll trade stocks. I don't even know the company's name. I just know their little symbol, right? Right. Little symbol, three, four letters that they have. And that's what we do as a day trader. We're just getting in and out. We call it, you know, trade it, don't date it, you know? Right. So, um, so we're getting in and out, picking the shorter term uh, gyrations of the, of the move, you know, and uh, this is done using some strategies and patterns we teach. And the patterns are as simple as, you know, memorizing the picture. You know, hey, if you see that picture on a stock's chart, that's the one that is, you know, uh, got 65% odds of going up. And we're just playing that odds. Mm, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, okay. So if someone's getting started, if they're just getting going with this or they're struggling or they've spent some money and lost it in that, like, is there a basic amount? Like if somebody went listening to this, if they've been thinking about it and they, you know, or maybe they've already been doing it, is there like, do you need like a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, five grand, 10 grand, more than that? What would you say you need to kind of get up and going and started if, and if, yeah, like what, what advice would you recommend to someone who's getting started or, or already started, but really struggling? Right. So, I mean, my first uh, thing would be to obviously more capital, the better. That's obviously better because it gives you more cushion, more comfort, and you're not going to be worried about losing a little bit here and there because you are going to lose initially. Everybody does. Uh, so if you're looking to trade currencies, which is Forex market, uh, you know, most brokers will open an account with $100, right? I mean, I would really recommend minimum 500 for Forex. And then if you're looking to do stocks and if you're looking to do, let's say, investing or holding stocks for more than a week, I mean, you can really open it up with a thousand, two thousand dollars, but I would still recommend, you know, three to five thousand minimum. And if you're looking to day trade, which is getting in and out every single day, uh, then SEC has a rule where you need a minimum twenty five thousand dollars in your account to day trade. And really, it's closer to thirty thousand, because if you take if you put in an account with twenty five thousand, you lose your first trade, you lose a hundred bucks, you can't day trade. So you really need thirty thousand. However, you know, we have uh, like a hedge fund where we back traders with our own capital uh, so that they can trade. And in exchange, we take a percentage of their profits. That's one of our business models. And, um, you know, in that, you can get started with 3,000 contribution and we will give you the rest, you know, whatever is required. Mm. Right, which is huge because you're basically giving, hey, here's 27,000. Now, they probably can't spend all 27,000, but you got to give it to them. Yeah, yeah, they can use that capital to put on the trade, but they can only lose what they have put in. Yeah. Right. So once they lose what they've put in, you know, then they will be asked to uh, put in more. But, you know, some traders like we've seen them, they've been with us for a while. You know, we let them go a little bit additional because we know that either they'll good traders, they'll get it back or, you know, they'll be funding it again. So that's one one of the approaches. However, you know, honestly, someone starting out, they should not even think about putting money in right now because now they have demo accounts. Right. Mm. Which works exactly like the real account. The prices are real. The charge real. Everything exactly as a real account, just that the money is fake. It's virtual money. So my suggestion, download those. Play play around with them for a couple of months until you're good, until you're consistent on a demo account. You know, because if you're not going to make money on a demo account, you're not going to make money on a live account. Right. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do we, we say that the martial arts, we say like bleed and cry and training, not on the battlefield. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So now, why would someone invest in currencies versus stocks? Why would you do one versus the other? I mean, it's mainly personal preference. You know, some people like stocks. Some people gravitate more towards stock. Uh, some people like forex. 
Uh, the good thing about Forex is that it's 24 hours. So you, you don't need to, they're not certain hours. Like stock market is 9.30 to 4 p.m. Right. right. So if you're, at, if you're at work. And that's Eastern, right? Job, Eastern, exactly. So if you have another job, I mean, you can't really, you know, day trade all day. But with Forex markets, it's 24 hours. So you can come back from work. You can, you know, take a look at the markets then. And also the other thing with Forex is there's no real limit. Forex is the largest market. You know, you could take a billion dollars, throw it on the market, and you wouldn't even cause it to move a little bit, you know. So mm. that's you can go as big as you want. With the stock market, there's a certain limit. I mean, you can buy a billion dollar worth of stock. You're going to cause it to, you know, triple already just by you buying it. Hmm. So, you know, there's a little difference there. And as traders get more and more, I guess, bigger in their sizes, they slowly gravitate towards Forex. Got it, because there's more opportunity there. <clears throat> exactly. But but I, I personally feel that, you know, because once you learn how to trade, once you learn the patterns and strategies, they work the same on stocks as they on Forex or even Bitcoins. The patterns are the patterns. So once you learn one style, it's really easy to just add another one later on. Got it. Because I was about to ask that. I was about to say, like, is, how are they different? Uh, currencies, if I I've personally, for me, again, this is just me. Uh, listeners, I hope I hope this applies to you. But I've always thought currency, because I travel a lot. So currencies, I feel like that's kind of like would be easier to play because then I, you know, I keep my ear to news. Like I, I go to Japan, I've been to Africa, Philippines, America, like certain places in the States. I feel like certain currencies, I could keep my ear to the ground and be like, oh, this is going to happen. And you know, and, and kind of guesstimate what I feel like is going to happen to the currency. But, I mean, I really know nothing about nothing when it comes to evading in those. So maybe that's, like, the right. worst way to invest in stock in currencies. Um, that, that, that's the way. Some people actually do that because – but that will be more longer term. So let's say mm. you go to – you travel to a country. You see, oh, there's some recession going on here. Real estate's crashing. You know, the market's down, whatever. So you see, okay, going forward, it might get worse, right? Or going forward, right. it might get better. But those are applicable if you want to hold stuff because you have to let the scenario play out, what you have in mind. With technicals, it's more about charts. So when a chart does this, we get in. When a chart does that, we get out. And it's more easier to keep a track of because with the fundamental, you might expect U.S. economy to grow or the U.S. dollar to grow up. But you don't know when that's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to really hold on till that end. A lot of times with fundamentals, what happens is you get in thinking a certain thing is going to happen, but it's, the position is going against you. You're losing money, and you're, you're like, oh, my God, maybe I was wrong. You get out, and you take your loss, and next morning some news comes, and you were right. It spikes back up. Hmm. So with fundamental, that's the hard part, and that's why you know I never used fundamental because it's so hard to figure out uh -huh. what's really going to go on and uh -huh. when it's going to happen. Right. Yeah, no, and I like I like the analogy because you say like with the technical analysis, it's just it's it's pattern recognition and like you said it's almost like a picture because you're looking at charts. So if charts look like this, get in, charts look like that. I love that because that just really simplifies it and it's again, you don't need a photographic memory, you just understand where things are going. So I love that. Now, what's a good like what are real expectations for people? Is that a real expectation? Like if I start with 500 bucks or if I start with 5 grand um, for stocks <clears throat> and I get in this and let's say I've got you as my coach and I'm like reading everything and I'm super like on the ball and I'm dedicated to making this work. It's, it's realistic to expect eight to 10% or more, more likely expect five to 10%. So if I start with oh, five, much, much, much more because you know, in uh, eight to 10% is more suitable to investors because you know, investors, they're looking for eight to 10%. They're looking to basically beat the market return, right? As a trader, you're timing it. You're getting in and out frequently. So eight to ten percent, you know, a week or month is also pretty reasonable. It's mm -hmm. doable because we're taking a lot of trade. You know, we're not buying and holding something, looking to get our eight percent. We're 
getting in, getting out, locked in half percent. Getting in, getting out, locked in one percent, right? Getting in, getting out, locked in 0.25 percent. Mm. Getting in, getting out, locked in two percent. And we're adding those percentages rapidly that you could get, you know, exponential returns. And, uh, and actually, one of my my partners, Jared, he's doing a webinar soon where he's he's going to be showing how he took a $2,500 account and turned it into a $100,000 account in one year period. Right, awesome. including yeah, and he's gonna be because you know it's I, when we were about to do the webinar, I thought you know it sounds too cheesy. I don't know if people are gonna buy it. He's like, well, they have to. I'm gonna show them my statements. Right, I'm gonna show them my tax returns. How are they not gonna buy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and that's unfortunately people are so afraid because people have bought, and it's kind of like what you mentioned. Uh, I think that's a really valid point. When people they get started with something and they have, and they don't, we call it proof of learning. They don't get that proof of learning right away, like within the first two weeks or something, and then they just like, oh, this doesn't work, and they bail. You know, I'm again bring, going back to martial arts. Like I trained uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I trained with Hicks and Gracie in Japan, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and at the tournaments, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, there'd be like. 500 white belts, there'd be maybe 200 blue belts, there'd be 50 purple belts, you'd have maybe maybe 5 or 10 brown belts, and you'd have 2 to 5 black belts. And it's just it's like it's just how long people tend to stick with stuff. And I don't know why that is. It's unfortunate. But like you say, like when people they, so it's almost like they get conditioned that because they don't stick with things long enough to get good at them, that then when they hear these claims, like I've got, I've got, you know, I've got uh, the seven-figure funnel formula is a, is a course that I've got, and that's something where I literally started with a $500 Facebook budget and helped grow that into. Now, of course, it wasn't from pure zero. I had a company that already had a product that was, you know, that was of interest, but it was an automated funnel, and we grew it and built it. But you, like you said, like people don't want to believe that that sort of stuff can happen because it's never happened to them before. And like what we're talking about here, like it sounds like I haven't done your course or your program, and I've got no real benefit for endorsing your stuff. But I mean, just from having talked to you before and even now, it sounds like it's really broken down to be very simple. And I even love what you talked about there that just how you answered my last question. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to come in with five grand and I'm going to double it. And the end of the day, you're like, no, you're getting one percent here. You're getting half percent there. You're getting two percent here. And it's like this battle of inches. And I love that right. because that's that's the like people want to like have that overnight success, but that just doesn't happen. It's a battle of inches almost in everywhere in your life, you know, unless you're out of shape trying to get in shape. Because your body wants to be fit, so it will help you. But once you're like in in any sort of decent shape to improve your fitness, it's a battle of inches. Anything that you're actually like, you know, at a at a kind of where you should be, and you're trying to improve upon it, it's a battle of inches. So it just sounds like, like you said, people may not want to believe it, but it's real. And if you stick with it, I'm sure, I'm sure that the results uh, will come because it's just. I mean, we invented flight. I don't think people realize that. Humans invented flight. That's like me yep. telling you that I'm going to unzip my skin and step out looking 10 years younger. Like, you're like, that's <laughs> crazy. But we yeah. did it. Do you, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's like people, you know, for example, you eat healthy for a day, you go work out for a day, and then you check your weight again the same day. You're like, oh, why didn't I drop some pound? I mean, you know, right. it's right. not going to happen overnight. Right. It's, well, it's, not to happen overnight. And just to even encourage your point, weight is the worst way to measure uh, health because muscle weighs more than fat. So exactly. unless you are severely obese, unless you're mm -hmm. obese, if you're like in, within your normal BMI, weight is a terrible weight because you're going to get heavier. Like I know petite women yeah. that weigh like 140 pounds, but the skinny girls like them weigh like 80. But it's these girls have a ton of lean muscle mass and the muscle yeah. is super heavy. So even that body fat percentage is the way to go. Um, exactly. Because it happened to me once, actually. You know, I, I was I was not losing weight. I was like, but I still look better now. <laughs> and then I realized that the fat percentage dropped. And right. It, but the weight was the same. So what was some of the best advice you ever got in trading? 
Um, you know, the, the best one is just to let the statistics play out and uh, not basically get the idiot outside of your head, right? Everybody mm. has an idiot inside their head. Mm-hmm. When you get into a trade, you're like, maybe I should take my profit here. You know, maybe <laughs> I should get out here. Maybe I should double down. You know, maybe I should go all in. Maybe I should become the next, you know, billionaire. And you just to control those thoughts and say, all right, no, I'm not going to do that. Let the trade play out. Let the odds play out as it should. And basically disassociating yourself from the trade is, is the best thing ever you can do. And that goes same for business too, yep. you know, for business, for real estate, for, for whatever. Like if you're doing marketing on Facebook ads, you're like, all right, that's my budget. I'm going to try it out, right? And after the campaign's over, I'm yep. going to take a look at this stuff and maybe tweak it out. But what people do is they tweak it in between. Uh, yes. You start a campaign, you can't tweak it the same day. Let it play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <clears throat> you're speaking to my pain point there. Because I do get I get clients phenomenal results, and I'm lucky if I get myself half the results I get them. And it's that objective, the ability to be objective, to, that it's it's you're more playful, right? Exactly. You're not as afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> now, what are some of the mistakes you see? What were some of the mistakes other people were making? Because I, I want to get into. You said you went to got to level seven in like six months, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you say it's a battle of inches. So how did you get there so fast? Look, I, I traded like Forrest Gump. You know, I basically <laughs> did. I, I did not listen to myself. I did not listen to anybody. I just said, I just trusted my mentors. I just said, all right, they're saying do this, so let me just do this. You know, and I did it, and it, it worked. What other people do is they might take the same course that I did, right? But they might try and do something else. They might, you know, well, men, my mentor says I should exit when the stock gets here. Let me see if I can get a little bit more, right? right. A lot of people do that thing. They try and optimize a system. And in, in, you know, in terms of optimizing it, they mess it up even further. It's like uh, one of the quotes that I had on my Instagram recently was, you give a man, you know, a way to make a million dollars in 10 years, right? And in the hopes of getting there quicker than 10 years, they're going to tweak it. They're going to optimize it. And in doing so, they will not get there, not yeah, even in one year, not even in recipe. 10 years. Yeah, they're going to totally ruin the recipe. Exactly. They're going to go, oh, that's too much sugar. I don't want so much sugar in my meal. And they take it out, but they don't realize the sugar caused a chemical reaction with blah. And so they've got flatbread. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. <laughs> totally get that. I don't know why humans do that. But I guess because we're not robots. I don't know. Yeah, and I guess some people have to, right? Because that's the balance of the world. Because if everybody became like, you know, overnight success, you know, everybody if it became an entrepreneur, you wouldn't have a workforce to work for you. True, yes. Well, and unfortunately, and this is something, so I've, I've before this, I just recently, I mentioned to you, recently got a four-bedroom, four-bath house. I have some cousins that needed a place to live, and we all moved in. And I'm trying to teach them or get into their head that, like, hey, like, I know you're, you know, a couple of you are still in school and stuff, but... Like the, I don't know if you realize, but there are billions of people on this planet, and a lot of them are competing with you for an income. So I know you might have the day off, uh, you know, or it might be your reading week or whatever, but you can't just laze around. Like, just because the people aren't here in your house, like trying to take money out of, or food out of your mouth, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. There's something called evolution, and there are creatures that have gone extinct before humans got involved. And even with that, humans came in. And we decimated them. So you, you like a lot of people just want to, and I mean, 
sure, enjoy your life, but I think that you have to be focused on growth and mastering whatever it is you want to do. Like, if you're not focused on mastering it, if you aren't passionate about it, focus on mastering it, I feel like that's a dangerous place to be in. If you just go and do your work and you kind of leave and you're like, oh, I can't wait to check out, to go home, you're in danger, I feel like. Like, you'll be okay. Like, you can kind of do the minimum and satisfy your needs. But there's something called present bank and future bank. And if you're not willing to invest in the future bank of whether ensuring that what you do will continue to earn you an income or getting better at it or even opening up new opportunities, if you're just kind of riding on what you what you need to do to get by, I mean, as soon as anything changes, you're gone. Like if you're just a bus driver and you're just like, you know, you do your nine to five and go home, I feel like that that's a dangerous thing because I don't know if anyone's noticed, but we have a lot of self-driving cars and there are plenty of companies that would love to save that money on the salary to pay a driver, right? And I'm sure unions are going to hate it, yada, yada, yada. But the reality is it'll be safer, there'll be less accidents, and it'll be more efficient. And that's what we want. We want things to be more efficient. So if you're not invested in mastery and in growing, that's a really dangerous place to be in. So you kind of have to do that. Um, you have to be invested in yourself. You have to be focused on mastering it. And you have to love what you do. So, um, But then maybe that's why people mess with the recipe. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> maybe that's why we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So, yep, exactly. Now, are there – you mentioned like day trading. So is there like a daily discipline or a daily routine that someone should go through or would go through if they were to be like part, either a part of your program or just they want to get into this themselves? Right. So what we do here um, as a day trading approach is, you know, everybody makes sure that they're in the trading room by, you know, 8.45 or 9 o'clock. They make sure that they're in the room 8.45, 9 o'clock. And at 9 o'clock, we do a morning meeting where, you know, we're going over stuff. So they can actually see our screens in a webinar platform mm -hmm. and our audio is on as well. And they can hear everything, what we're doing, the morning meeting, what stocks we're going to be looking at, and everything they get to see in real time. Hmm. So what we recommend is they attend the meeting, watch what we're you know, looking to trade, do all that analysis, and then we trade. We do our trading, and then when we're done trading, we do a recap of the morning trading, what we traded, how we traded, why we traded, you know, why we got in, why we got out. We do a whole recap, and then when the trading day is done, you know, what I teach my students is we, give them a, we have a spreadsheet which tracks all their statistics. So I, I always tell them, take 10 minutes, fill the spreadsheet out every single day. And you know, after a month, two months, three months, you have full statistics of all your trades. And that can be used to form a systematic approach mm -hmm, for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the whole approach we take. And I also recommend you know, for people who are having issues, because a lot of people have issues where, and this is a common issue in trading, that they sell too soon, right? They're not able to hold on. They see a little profit, they take it. That's the biggest issue every single trader has. And what we recommend for them is whenever you feel like getting out and you feel like exiting, step up a little bit, take a few deep breaths. And we have trading psychology recordings that we give them, which are actually created with a clinical hypnotherapist. So they can listen to those MP3s, get in a good state before the trading day. And uh, you know that helps to create good habits. And that's how I think of it. I'm big on like NLP hypnosis because I actually did it myself when I was trading for that firm. When I was having troubles going to the next level, you know, I hired like a hypnotherapist, like $200 an hour, and uh, did, we did sessions together, and you know, that got me through that. And that's why we created these recordings. Mm, mm, mm. 
Yeah, I think that that's like the the personal self-talk. There's a fantastic book, Think and Grow Rich. And one of the chapters, if nobody here has read that book, they really need to go get that book and read it. And if you own it, you need to pick it up and at least skim through the chapters and read a couple of pages and get something out of that. Because that book is phenomenal. And one of the chapters is auto-suggestion. And in fact, again, bringing back my cousins, they're brothers and sisters. So they're always like loser and like this sort of stuff. And I keep snapping at them for that because you don't realize but you're implanting that in your head. Like you say it jokingly, but that becomes negative self-talk that will stop you. It will limit you. If you are running a race and your body is tired or your mind gets tired one like sorry mind over matter if you're running and your mind gets tired your body will never carry you when your mind gives up but your mind can push your body to keep going and so it's you have to protect it you can't let people push that stuff in your head and every time somebody says something i think they said every time someone says something negative takes seven positives to erase it so whether it's hypnosis or it's affirmations or something you know, I don't really believe in the law of attraction. This is, I guess, my opinion, but I don't really believe in the law of attraction and that if I think fuzzy thoughts, fuzzy things appear in my life. But I do believe that, like you said, you have to prepare yourself to the, to be steadfast in moments of uncertainty. And part of how you do that is hip- literally like hypnotizing yourself with your affirmations, with positive reinforcement, with coaching yourself so that way when you're in having a coach. So when you're on the precipice and you're afraid to jump because it's, you know, you're scared of heights and it looks tall, you've got someone to remind you, look, you've got the parachute we've checked it seven times just jump you'll be fine just make sure you count to 30 and pull the string or whatever that is right to help you overcome that so yeah, exactly I and mean, people need to realize <clears throat> hypnosis law of attraction all this stuff you know it's not magic you still have to do stuff you yeah. know you still have to take action you might you know be in the bed visualizing about you know how good you're going to look when you lose the weight when you're going to get healthy you can do that and but the, all that will do is just get you in a good state right but then you have to use that good state and actually go work out. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. You gotta, people, you gotta get people amped think and then like, go I'm do just the workout. Think about it. Exactly. Yeah. People think I'm just gonna sit, I'm gonna dream, and I'm gonna be, you know, thin again. Click I mean, my no. Heels. There's you no just get yourself like in a state, and then you push yourself for further action. Yeah, I saw a sales page the other day. It was like manifest thinness and dissolve cellulite <laughs> with pot. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. People are buying yeah. this. Like that's so. Just gonna... You would be surprised. We saw in trading. We see this all the time. Because this is one of the industries where there are just tons of, you know, marketers lingering around acting as traders. And I literally saw trading with astrology or trading <laughs> with the stars like, oh, my God. You That's know what funny. I mean? And they sell. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Because everyone, one, everyone's looking for a special. I mean, first, people are superstitious. Everyone's looking for a special hook. I was in the Philippines and someone was telling me that they knew someone that could teleport. He was a Tai Chi master <laughs> and he could teleport. And I'm like... Um, has he done that for you? No, because it takes a lot of energy. I'm like, oh, but you believe him? Yeah, I believe him. And I'm just like, yeah, yep. need education. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you know, there's there's people that have lots of money out there for. And why wouldn't you want to train if you could teleport? Why wouldn't you want to train other people or brag about it at least, right? Why wouldn't you teleport to a bank and get a bunch of money and then teleport out? Like, there's just <laughs> it's just so silly. That, exactly. But, but we all want to believe, I mean, right? Yeah, I'd have a video that go viral if I could teleport. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, David, look at David Blaine. He levitated and, you know, and he's like, you know, he's, he's got, I don't know how many millions of views. So no, I fully, I think that life is way simpler than people like accept and that we create all these stories and things on top to complicate things. Like, you know, it's all in the idiot between our ears. It's everything's in there. It's uh, we create everything in in a way, you know? Yeah. So 
No, we totally do. I mean, we're such powerful manifestors. We are such powerful creators. Again, we put people on the moon. Like, we've done such phenomenal things. We've doubled and tripled our life expectancy. We've <clears throat> built buildings taller than any natural or... We've yeah. built buildings as tall as mountains. You know, like, we've just... We communicate. You and I are communicating from... Like, well, now we're, we're on the same continent, but before we were on other sides of the planet, and we're speaking in yeah. real time. Ten years ago, I'd said I could open up a portal in my hand and see and speak to someone in real time and even send them stuff, have exactly. something on my end and put it over to their end. People be like, that's witchery. Like, that's mad. But we do it. So, yeah. And, and forget self-driving cars. Like I saw in Dubai, they're coming up with self-driving planes quicker than cars. What? Yeah. They're saying 2020, we're launching it no matter what. They already have it going up like self-driving planes right now That's like drones awesome. little drones yeah, yeah yeah i saw that there was like a trade show thing and for china and it was because the traffic was so bad they had like little two-person like <laughs> yeah. like like drones it basically it was just a big drone that's what it was so yep that's awesome so, all right, so you, that's your morning routine. Is there any other that's, – that's a great tip, that whole – I mean, whether it's self-hypnosis or, or positive affirmations, you know, I think that's really important. I also think it's really important. I love how you said that you've got a group that meets every morning because you need to associate with people who are like-minded and that will remind you and push you to be on the path that you want to be on. Otherwise, you'll get taken down somebody else's trail. You know, it's like a cold or a sickness, right? Like people might not – tell you to do different things but just like you catch colds off people you can catch shitty attitudes Ooh, i swore yeah. but you can catch bad attitudes opinions mindsets uh, ideas things that will stop you in your tracks from getting the progress that you deserve and the results that you want so um, yeah i think a community is you know imperative because you know especially if you're working from home right yeah. or if yeah. you're working from office because trading is one of those businesses where most people are trading from their home or their home office right and they're basically trading by themselves and if you do that for a while, you know, it gets it gets boring. You know, yeah. it, it's just uh, you get bored. You, you've done trading and now you're like, all right, now what? You mm -hmm. don't have any colleagues. You don't have any, you know, anybody to talk to. And it can get boring at times. That's why group is really imperative because we're there together every single day talking, chatting, sharing ideas. And what that does is it keeps motivating you. And then when you see another person doing really well, you like you're learning from them. Right? Yeah. And when sometimes you even get frustrated. Leave. You're like, why do they have results and I don't? And you're like, I'm going to, yeah. 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 yeah, sometimes I do, but uh, it depends on how you take the frustration. I mean, yeah. for me, I took that frustration as motivation. I was like, yep. if the, he can do it, you know, I can do it. I can it do too. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just I, t I attribute that to CrossFit. There's a guy at my old. I'm actually driving up there tonight because uh, the open starts. But uh, yeah, there's a guy. It's uh, him and I are always like chasing each other. So it's like, oh, he can do muscle ups. Why can't I do muscle ups? Ah, I got muscle. He can't. And then we're just always trying to improve each other it's a good friendly thing so yeah i mean that's that's good anything group approach is good i used to work out in a gym now i'm got bored now i like to do more classes like crossfit or you know something like that just mm. keeps you more motivated when you see others doing it too so so we talked about we talked about the challenges to overcome we even talked about some certain strategies um we talked about how you could do trading in 24 hours now can you make i guess you could still make money in 24 hours is there like a minimum time frame that you need to hold on to a stock or or a currency not really. You can get in, get out anytime you want. You can get in, you can get out the same second. So there's no limit. Um, but t I mean, typically as a day trader, you're holding five, 10 minutes minimum, I would say. Sometimes quicker too. So as a day trader, that's typically the approach. And another style, which we call swing trading, which is between the day trading approach and the long-term approach, swing trading might be getting in today and you're getting out three days later. You know, you're just okay. playing that little swing up or swing down. So um, you so know, it really day trading is same day, then you got swing trading. There's kind of like some big jumps, though. You talked about like five, ten minutes minimum day trading, three day trading, but then you're like three years. Yeah. 
Yeah, anything that you exit the same day is a day trade. Anything you hold more than a day is a swing trade. And then typically long-term trading would be anything more than a year would be long-term trading. Uh, that's if you're doing technically, that way we do it. If you're doing fundamentally, then you got to give it, you know, three years. Because if you're expecting the company to, you know, grow, right. you got to let it grow. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you got to give time. People are, are dilatory. You got to give them time to implement. Yeah, look at done. Facebook, you know. When it came out, $30, everybody was like overvalued. It's going to go down. Uh, it's a social media. It's not going to do anything. And it did go down from 30 got cut in half. But yep. now look at it. Yep. Right? Over $100 right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I wish I had bought some stock in that and Google and Microsoft way back and Apple. But you never I, know, I right? bought Facebook at 30. I got out at 31. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I was like, all right, I made $2,000. I'm good. And now I saw, oh, my God. <laughs> so with all the technology that's coming out and even things like artificial intelligence and projection models and things like that, where do you see the future of your industry going? I mean, the more industry is heading towards automation, it's heading towards uh, cutting down discretionary traders. Um, earlier, you would see traders who would sit in their computer from you know 8.30 to like the market closes 4.30. And sometimes even after market, you can trade. So you would see people trading all day long, pushing the keyboards. And that's what you see on documentaries and movies, right? Mm -hmm. Five, six monitors, they're just pressing the keyboard all day right. long. And that style is dead now. You know, those kind of traders don't make any money because... Now the market's got smarter, it's got more efficient, there's a lot of automation, and you know those old setups don't work anymore. So now you have to get away from becoming that kind of a trader who's using his guts or his intuition getting in, getting out. What you have to do is more towards automation, a systematic approach. So for me recently, my approach is fixed. I get in a trade, right, whatever, I put in an exit point as soon as I get in. So if I'm getting in a stock at 30, I put an exit point at 29. So if it goes down to 29, I'll take my loss and I'll get out, right? right. And I'll make sure as a day trade that loss is not more than thousand bucks. Right. Right. So it's capped at thousand. So if I buy a thousand shares at thirty, I get out at twenty nine. I lose a thousand dollars. Right. 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 But I automatic as soon as I get in, I set a target of thirty two. Right. Right. So right, I'm right. looking for two times my gain. So it's it's such a binary approach where either I'm going to make two thousand or either I'm going to lose thousand. There's no in between. Right. And if right. I just do that over and over, I could win. Four out of ten trades, lose six and still end up profitable because on four trades I made two thousand, I made eight thousand. On six trades I lost, you know, one thousand. I lost six thousand net profit. Two thousand. This is battle of inches. So when exactly. you say the automation part, um, I'm curious to know about that because it's still day trading. So you're not at your computer all day, but you mentioned the morning that the guys are working all morning. So what part does the automation come in? So automation would come in in your thinking, where you 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 don't get into a stock. And then say, oh, where should I get out? You know, where should mm. I take my profit? Or and then you just it goes set the tools. Me. It's almost like yeah. you, you preset the tools. Hey, if this drops yeah. to here, sell. Exactly, because you can put the orders in any. And all 100% brokers have this now, where you can set in an order, where you can set in an upper limit 32, lower limit 29, and then the orders are done automatically. You don't have to press the keyboard. It mm. goes to 32, it automatically sells it. It goes down to 29, it automatically sells it and cancels the other order. That's called one cancels another. So you can put two orders in. Whenever one of them is hit, the other one gets canceled. So once you've taken the trade, you can literally get off from your monitor and let it play out. Got it. 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 Yeah, that's. I like that a lot. Now, I had a question. And it just. It just. It just left me because I was like, oh, that's the way. Got it. Yep. What was the question? Total brain fart. It's okay. So 
uh, future of the industry is going towards automation. It's going to towards tools like this, which I think is super cool. Does it is it even the playing field? Does it give more of an advantage? Does uh, I mean, because with all these automation tools, I'm just wondering, like, at what point does it just become putting money in and getting money back out? Like, I mean, it's it's basically like that now, where um, it's you only, the only time you need to think is when you're taking the trade to decide if that's a good pattern, if that meets the criteria of the strategy. That's the only time you've got to think. But once you've taken the trade, you know, you're letting it play out. And that's what I meant by automation is not necessarily creating a, you know, a black box system. It's more about setting in and eliminating wherever you need to think. Because if you're, as soon as you get in, if you're putting in your orders, there's no way you can, you know, mess up. You can't say, oh, you can't break your plan, basically, right? right? You cannot say, well, maybe I should take my profit early or maybe I should take my loss early. There's right, no such right. thing. Either up or down, you put the orders in, let it play out. Got it. Now, this I remember what my question was. Um, what happens if you have stock you can't sell? Because, I, I mean, people are like, yeah, if it's dropping, you sell it. But what – like, are there – is there an – like – I, I'm so f I'm foreign to this. When I hear that, I'm like, yeah, but what if you buy a bunch of inventory and you can't get rid of it and the stock's plummeting? Like, does that happen? How do you, like... Um, not necessarily for us. I mean, that is more for people who are running, uh, you know, multi-million dollar or billion dollar hedge funds because they're buying big sizes. For them, they can't get in out, you know, immediately because just by them exiting or getting in, it's going to move the stock. So, but for us, for people like, you know, you and I and... You know, we're not trading billion-dollar position, you know. We're looking to make $1,000 here and there. So our position is not – it's really insignificant to the market because a lot of the stocks that we trade, they do over a million shares, you know, a day, mm. right? Most of them do like 10 million shares a day. Mm. And most of us, we're buying 500 shares, 1,000 shares. Right. Right? Got it. So for us to get in and out, it's, you can get in and out the same second. It's, it's, it's really easy. Got but it. we don't trade penny stocks. That's something we don't. And that's something we do not recommend or suggest or never trade because those are the stocks where you can get hurt. That's where the stocks where it's, you can get in, but it's hard to get out. So, I mean, mm. anybody involved with penny stocks, just stay away. You're going to get hurt bad. Got it. So penny stocks are a big no-no. Now, what about buying? Because it is a finite. It's not when a company gets shares. I mean, they don't have an unlimited supply of shares. So how do you – I guess there's – because if you're like, oh, I'm going to buy some shares. I mean, I guess you just jump into the – jet. I'm just kind of bewildered by that because at least like when you go to Walmart sometimes, they're like, oh, they haven't stocked their shelves yet. There's no milk. But it, with the stock market, people just make it sound like, yeah, you just buy and sell and buy and sell. And I'm like, yeah, but where are the buyers? Like who, who are these people right. that are buying what you're selling? And, and how, do you, how come there's always a supply of shares for you to buy if like that's the part that I get confused by? Right. So basically what happens is if you look at a stocks, we call it the level two. Level two is the order book where you can see on the left-hand side, you know, what price people are willing to buy at, right? And how many shares they're willing to buy. And on the right-hand side column, you see how many, what's the price, you know, it's selling at and how many shares are available to be sold. But what happens is there are millions of day traders like me, right? Millions mm. of day traders trading all day like me. There are different countries trading like me. There are banks who make the market. These are called market makers. Well, whose job is to always have availability of shares. That's their job. Market makers are paid to create the market. So mm -hmm. you will see market making companies, banks, Goldman Sachs, they are just sitting on the bid, which is they're willing to buy always, right? And they're always willing to sell. But what they do is they make the spread. So they're always buying at 48.95, right? And they're always selling at 48.96. So they're always there. 
So people are buying, they're selling, they're buying, they're selling, and they keep making one penny, right? And they mm. do that like billions of times a day. Oh, right, because it's the fee on the trade. So they're just kind of, they're the exactly. intermediary. Yeah, because when you want to buy a share right now, let's take an example, Microsoft. Right? Let's, let's assume Microsoft is at $60.15, right? So there's not just one price. $60, there's always two prices. One is called the bid, one is called the offer. And on the bid, they will be like $60.15. On the offer, it will be $60.16. So if you want to buy it right now, you got to pay $60.16. But let's say you buy it, and now immediately you want to sell it, you can sell it at $60.15, right? Mm. You have to sell it on the left side. You have to buy it from the right side. And there's a one penny spread, usually. Some stocks have five cent spread, 10 cent spread, but they're usually one penny spread. So there's market maker's job is to always be on the left side, always be on the right side. They're just sitting there. They're not looking to make money off the trade. They're just sitting there letting people buy and sell, and they keep making that penny. Right, right. They're just there. They're making money on the transaction. Exactly. They're like PayPal or your merchant account. That bothers exactly. me. I'm not going to go on a rant, but it bothers me that like merchants are like, yeah, we want you know our credit cards. We want 2% of everything you process. Why? Did you do the work you do? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Well, yeah. you just have 2%. It should be a flat rate. Anyway, sorry. I keep going. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. See, but that's even – I even like that better. They're making a penny to five pennies. They're not like we're getting 2% of the stock price. Yeah, but think about it. I mean they're making <laughs> – Oh, oh know. it's billions. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of huge. A stock, a stock does an average – you know, a good stock might do minimum million shares, but usually stocks are doing 20, 30 million shares a day. Yeah. Right, and there's five thousand stocks in the market. Right, imagine making the market. Oh yeah, five thousand stocks, ten million shares. I mean, you're making billions every single day. Right, right, right. But right, then there's right. risk too, because some market makers also lose money. That's the risk that they take. Is sometimes they might be, you know, net short, net long, or net, you know, long. Let's say, fifty million shares, and the next the news comes out. You know, some bad news comes out, stock went down. Now they have to eat that loss too. Yeah, they're the ones left holding the bag. Yeah, so a lot of people blame them, market maker, but don't blame them. It's a hard job. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, when it's when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's equally expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, I mean, you've come and you've given some great info here. You've also got the site. Is it Live Trader? S with it, Live Traders with an S dot com. Yes. That's where if anyone's interested, they can go and find out more about your training program and get involved and actually work directly with you. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <clears throat> yeah, so you can get involved and work with you. And if anyone needs some help and guidance, um, yeah, to get involved and be part of a community that's that's doing this on a daily basis. Even get – if you have some money, you can get – and you want to be – uh, what is it to be a day trader? You need the 25 to 30 grand. So you can start with basically, you know, the few thousand dollars and be able to get up and running and coached. So head on over to daytraders.com. Do you guys have any like free training material or anything that's available as well? Right. So what I would suggest people is to go over to livetraders.com first and then download the uh, free ebook that we have on there. So we have a free ebook there. Download that. That'll give you really good insight about the approach and and, and if trading is even right for you. Because it's not right for everybody, right? right? Yeah, like yeah, some yeah. people do. Some people do Amazon, you know, selling business. Some people do podcasting. Some people do, you know, it's yep. a different approach. You have to find your if you like it or not. Yep. So my suggestion: download the ebook. We have some great educational blog posts on our blog. Read those. Watch some of our YouTube videos. All that is free. And then, if you feel like okay, this might be for you or might not be for you, you can give the number on the website a call. And speak to my partner, uh, Jared Wesley. You know, it's a free 15-minute consultation, and that's just for us to find out if you know trading is even right for you. Because mm. 
it's not right for everybody. You know, we turn down hundreds of people every day because, you know, we just take, it's going to take much more time to teach and it's not really worth it. Right. And so you have to find out if it's for you. So give the number a call, get a 15 minute call. Let's get to know each other and then, you know, decide if this is something that you should be even going into. That's awesome. And Mal, you've given a ton of information. You answered a lot of the questions that I've had for years now about how some of this stuff worked. So I really appreciate that. Is there anything that I didn't ask you or I should have asked you? No, I think uh, I think we're good. Has anything comes on your mind? Let me know. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I think this was a great introductory. And if for anyone, again, if you're interested, you may want to go back and re-listen to this call just because there's a lot of details in this about how to avoid some of the common pitfalls, great info on getting started, what to expect, uh, how much you should budget for it, timelines. I mean, you even gave great tips like minimum trade is usually like five to ten minutes. Um, you know, and, and just some ideas for, again, strategies people can use to get started and also helping them understand that it can be really simple, that a lot of things might seem big and scary when you don't know what's happening, like even like what I do, marketing. But really, once you start to understand it and master it, it becomes simpler and simpler and simpler. It doesn't necessarily make it easier, but it becomes simpler. So if anyone's feeling overwhelmed or frustrated and that, I highly recommend you go check out livetraders.com. There's literally zero benefit to, to this for me. I'm not getting any commission or anything. I'm just here to hopefully provide value for you, my listener. And Emil, thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it. I know you've got other things to do. You're house shopping and you've got your own students to take care of. So thank you for taking care of my listeners. I appreciate you and I just hope you have a wonderful weekend. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Good, good chatting with you. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself and remember the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.